Shootcast is brought to you by Modus Operandi Brewing, based in Monavale on Sydney's northern beaches, one of Australia's best craft brewers. Be sure to check the guys out online or why not visit the brewery. Thank you to Modus for your support of the show. Well, another awesome round of Shoot Shield has just been and gone. Uh, plenty of awesome games to check out. Northern Suburbs uh, reeled in the Marlins after a big lead. Hunter upset the students and Gordon are resurgent. Uh, all that and more. Joining me tonight is Andrew Swain from Stan Sport and Mark Cashman from Rugby News. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to Shootcast. Shootcast, our round 12 review. Joining me on the line is Andrew Swain from Stan Sport and host of Clubland. How are you, Swainy? Very well, Burjo. Another wild weekend in Clubland. Yes, a wild, wild west, mate. It's uh, non-stop. Results are, uh, are very interesting. Also joining us as always, Mark Cashman from Rugby News. How are you, Casho? Oh, pretty chipper this week, Burjo. Listen, uh, the old uh, the old Shawman, they're on, they're on a bit of a roll. Good to see Oh yeah, we'll talk about that one. Uh, and and Swayne, listen, I'm in, I'm as excited as that dog that ran onto the field in that game up in Newcastle <laughs> over the weekend. Oh, uh, that was that was one of the great highlights out of Clubland this year, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for bringing that to my attention just before we got Clubland to wear Casho. I appreciate that. Uh-huh. Sorry, I just got the tennis on the background. Wibbling and started, and I've got the kettle boiling. So sorry if there's a bit of distraction. <laughs> it's all happening. It's all happening. Dogs on the field, tennis balls going around, oh, kettles mate. boiling. It's all happening. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Now it's a big week, Swaney. Yeah, it's test week. How yeah, yeah, big week. Um, head to Perth on Friday, and uh, yeah, Optus Stadium for the second time in a week will hopefully be pretty full for Australia v England. And um, yeah, look. It's it's been a weird week, hasn't it? I mean, we're only you know it's only Tuesday night where we're recording it's been this. Chaotic. Yeah, it's um it's it's going to be an interesting week, uh, and I I wonder when Eddie Jones might just start dropping a few hand grenades into the into the narrative. We haven't had that yet since he's arrived. Yeah. So when do uh, when do we hear of the teams? Because there's been disruption in the Australian camp with injury, and God, we won't start in the All Blacks. They're at sixes and sevens. Yeah, they're real dramas, aren't they? There's real dramas over there. Um, mm. I think we'll see the teams on Thursday at some point. Generally in Test Week, it's a, mm. about 48 hours um, before kickoff. So, yeah, look, it's uh, it's anyone's guess what sort of teams are going to roll out at this stage. Um, I was lucky enough to be up at Wallaby Camp a few days ago on the Sunshine Coast doing our promo shoots and, um, yeah, they, they seem very relaxed. Uh, that was one thing I noticed. And uh, from what I understand, the other side of the coin, England, they seem tired, jet-lagged, a um, couple of guys coming off a big couple of weeks with the Premiership finals up there. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. Like, you, you, you know, you get up for Test Rugby, don't you? But there could be a few tired English bodies rolling around out on Saturday night. The big selection points for me, boys, particularly for this Wallaby side, is going to be around the hooker. Who's, who's going to be our uh, hooker for the uh, for the first game of the year? And also in and around uh, n- number ten, you know, there's uh, there's Noel Lolosio, 
James O'Connor and, uh, and, and, and Quade Cooper. So, uh, yeah, some interesting little conundrums for them to uh, figure out there. Interesting to see our uh, incumbent 5'8", Quade Cooper, has been giving Marcus Smith some pointers, Swaney. Yeah, well, that's right. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like Quade's probably the guy. Um, who gets picked at 10. That, that's mm. um, just on, you know, why, why, why would you bring him out here unless you're going to start him at 10? Um, that's that's yeah. probably my, my reckoning there. But, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, Quade in his um, elder years, in his sort of twilight years of his rugby career, has become this kind of really relaxed zen kind zen. of character. Yeah, he's got the zen going he's on. He's got the zen going. And, and it's almost like... <laughs> He, he doesn't mind um, nurturing the opposition at times. Um, you know, you talk, you see him, um, you know, after games chatting to all sorts of different people. So he's uh, he's a real enigma wrapped in a riddle, Quade, but hopefully he brings some of that form that we saw against South Africa and Argentina last year to this test series against England. He's a funny one, right? Like he's, he's not really on our radar all year because he's not playing super rugby. He's mm. obviously got a very checkered past and last year we called him sort of or Rennie sort of called him out of the abyss and uh, played with a much more chew head on his on his shoulders and underplayed his hand a bit which uh, worked really well he kicked fantastically and had a really good test series so still sort of hard to work him out but obviously Dave Rennie um, really values him around the squad but you're right Casho um, there are some interesting selection um, headaches so hooker as you said and I think fullback will be interesting I doesn't seem like Banks has got that nailed down. I, I, I may be thinking Geordie Pattaya might be the guy they, they give a give a crack to. Well, you know, let's let's hope they do. Tommy Banks is obviously on his way to Japan, and uh, you know, the, the the best way for Jordan Pattaya to get comfortable in the number fifteen jersey is to actually wear the number fifteen jersey. But, yeah. Um, so, some of the things they just watching the Origin there on uh, on Sunday night. I'd recommend that the, the twenty mil uh, studs in everyone's boots over the weekend because mm. it looked pretty slippery. I think there's uh, there's a lot of dew around on that uh, on that fa- fast surface over there. So uh, some interesting little scenarios are going to play out uh, as that test uh, you know gets uh, gets to life. And that poor mate Ian Foster, uh, we bagged him last week. He can't take a trick this week. He's got COVID and. Um, Fancy you got COVID and you call in Joe Schmidt to take your job. What if he? What if the All Blacks go well? He might be out of a job next week. Well, that's it. And he's he's up against his old team, Joe Schmidt, uh, who uh, he know better than anyone. So, I mean, chances are the All Blacks go pretty well against Ireland this weekend. Um, yeah, it's always yeah. the way it is. Do you think they're the, the wounded animal, right? Exactly. Exactly. Right. If, if, if I was in Foster Boys, I'd be. Uh, I'd be feeling a bit more comfortable with Joe Smith doing the job rather than Scott Robinson, wouldn't you reckon? Yeah, this is true. This is very true. Well, we talked about him last week and certainly, you know, as I said, the whole rugby world must be listening to Shootcast because he's come out and made comments along the lines of how disappointed he was not getting the All Blacks job, that he considered the Australian job, and that's got a bit of airplay in Australian press, but I don't really think it's it's a non it's a non-conversation, right? We've got Rennie till 23 and... It's clear Dan McKellar's waiting the wings, I suspect, Swaney. Yeah, that's right. Um, look, <laughs> stranger things have happened, right? Uh, yeah, in the in the rugby world, and we're in a fully professional era now where anyone can get anyone's job. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't rule it out. 
I wouldn't be surprised to see Robertson uh, maybe in that England job if it came up with Jones teetering towards the end of this sort of World Cup window. But you know, how would the break were... dancing go down with the uh, the egg and bacon brigade over there? Do you reckon? Uh, it'd take some take some getting used to. But um, yeah, I mean, look, we could hire Scott Robertson, but we we did hire the world's best provincial coach out of Canterbury before, um, yeah. and we handed him out of the country with the best winning percentage since Rob McQueen. So. <laughs> I don't know what we want, um, but yeah, let's just uh, let's just see how this weekend um, unfolds. It's going to be awesome. It's great to see Test footy, and uh, cannot wait to head down the shoot shield, come home, and just uh, just sit on the couch and just enjoy the grandeur of, of Test footy. Pretty good cash, oh. Oh yeah, yeah, very much so. So uh, really looking forward to this series. Uh, we've lost eight on the trot to England. So uh, listen, it's. Uh, it's uh, every victory, if, if we get a few of them, is going to be particularly sweet, I think, particularly against, uh, against Eddie. Yep. All right. Let's jump into the action. Um, another fascinating resound, uh, round of shoot shield results. We're going to have to start there at North Sydney Oval where Casho and I are witness to the uh, Shawman and the Marlins going uh, hammer and tong. And Casho, uh, very much a game of two halves, mate. The Marlins... Um, came flying out of the blocks, probably showed the crowd uh, why um, they were maybe front runners playing some excellent rugby, a bit more expansive than, than some of the other games this this year. And they're up 22-0. And uh, to be honest, mate, I, I, I was sort of standing tall up there on the hill, bumped into a couple of old sparring partners from northern suburbs and uh, just told them how well everything's going at the seaside. And um, then the Norse resurgence came and uh, I was a bit sheepish by full-time came around because Norse finished over the top. Norse 26, Manly 22. Uh, sensational comeback from Norse, has to be said, uh, to come down from 22 blot. Uh, did score a try just before halftime, but second half, Manly couldn't get a point on the board. And I have to say, uh, Norse uh, deserved their victory. I thought um, they, you know, just never went away. Um, they got some yardage up front. I thought their scrum got some ascendancy towards the latter part of the game. Manly did seem to run out of puff about the 50-minute mark. Um, didn't have many uh, much cavalry to bring on into the match. And um, I thought my standout player was actually Dave Henaway. He did see the yellow card, but uh, he was in absolutely everything. Yeah, he certainly was. I think um, uh, Nathan Russell was a particularly uh, good performer as well at uh, outside yep. centre for North. And uh, yep. Brody Lever continues to uh, score tries. Uh, he's backing up games probably second only to uh, Nick Duffy from from, from a, a Norse point of view. But you are right. Norse did get a bit of pay at, at, out of that scrum. They've got a uh, they've got a big Irishman that's sort of come in there that's sort of like uh, been able to uh, chop the uh, chop the uh, the troops up uh, pretty well late, late in games. But uh, one of the things I was saying to uh, some of my prop mates uh, after the game is. Is you need probably five first grade props to mm. be a be a contender uh, for for a shoot shield title, and uh, Norse have probably have got uh, four or five, so they're, uh, they're they're sort of chugging on there quite uh, quite nicely. Good running game from George Thornton as well. James Margan did uh, did did uh, particularly well, and uh, good to see Harry Bury uh, back on the field. He played ten because his brother Max was with the sevens team. Uh, in uh, in New Zealand, so uh, he was another one to be a uh, a major contributor. But uh, I, I spoke to Zach Beer after the game, and he was uh, he he was he was very happy with the the, uh, the the way things turned out. Obviously, strong links to 
manly family-wise and uh, from his playing and coaching years down there. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, it, it was a happy day if you were uh, red and black on Saturday. Yeah, it was. Uh, from a manly point of view, I guess they're just uh, they're a bit concerned they can't push away in games. Um, they've had excellent, excellent sort of performances in, in patches. Um, thankfully, those have come in the latter parts of games and they've won a lot of really tight ones. But uh, on the weekend... You know, front running and just couldn't push on. I'm not sure what's in the oranges uh, in the Marlins huddle, but uh, yeah, they, they certainly came out that second half, maybe more so looking to defend the lead rather than attack it, Swaney. And uh, yeah, it might have been a bit of their downfall. Yeah, I mean, how important is is that try just before half time? And yep. you see it time and time again, and yep. you know, across all types of rugby. You know, it doesn't matter how far in front a team is if a, if a team can. Get a get a try just before half time. Change that momentum. Go into the break with that momentum, um, and then come out. You know, maintaining that momentum. It's it's a really it's a really different story. I think that's exactly what we saw. It kind of the, the Marlins' heads kind of dropped after that moment. And yeah, they um, did. They yeah, did. And, yeah, and and you know, it was a nice little um, you know Harry Bury. He kind of looked like his brother when he hit that gap, didn't he? Um, and and then put I think it was Brody Lever under the post, yeah. and that was uh, a bit, they're a bit soft. The tries, I have to say, after the after that first one, yeah. Um, I think, as you say, the heads did seem to drop. I don't, don't know. It was funny, sort of after half time. I did. I don't know whether they had a heavy session Thursday, but look, <laughs> if you'd offered me six points out of ten for a uni and Norse away, I would have taken it. Let's be honest. That's yeah, a, that's fair, a tough, fair enough. That's a, that's a tough couple of weeks on the road, so. Look, uh, I think it's just disappointing given the uh, 22 zip up to, to go down, but full credit to Norse. And uh, I, I dare say we're going to see those teams um, at the pointy end. So um, well done to both sides and uh, we'll we'll move on. Um, another fantastic result for the Wildfires. Uh, Uni have lost two on the bounce. Hunter 16, University 14. Um, sensational win for the Wildfires, uh, Casho and um, we just can't be surprised by the uh, wildfires anymore. They're just a very sound rugby team. Yeah, yeah, li- yeah. Listen, they are. They're a they're a big and sound rugby team, as uh, yep. as, as, as 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 we all know. But uh, listen, they're, uh, they're they're able to uh, uh, really sort of grind this one out. They're probably one of the most effective teams in opposition uh, twenty two. They uh, they really know how to uh, bash and barge their way over, and that was. Pretty much the key to uh, what they were doing there. And uh, boys, I did notice Mitch Whiteley was a uh, a starter for Uni in uh, in that particular game after getting red carded last week. So yeah, I, it didn't even make judiciary apparently uh, justice in the judicial system. So uh, yeah. yeah, Connor Winchester was another who uh, who, who performed uh, sort of quite well. Good to see uh, Ben Hughes back from Japan playing playing ten for the students. But uh, yeah, listen. Significant win for uh, for the Wildfires, and they're uh, they're they're headed for the semi-finals, I reckon. Ben Hughes had a kick late on there, Swaney, to uh, probably get Uni the chocolates and uh, hooked his strike. Yeah, it was it was the the, the it was kickable. Defining, it was the match-defining moment. It was yeah. more than kickable. It was probably yep. a sitter by Ben yeah. Hughes' standards, and he yeah. uh, absolutely shanked it. Unfortunately, so that that was the ball game, really. Um, but yeah, we spoke to Connor Winchester on Clubland. Um, a guy with a left boot like his is so valuable. He's to so a rugby steady. Team. 
he's just so steady. He kicks yeah, everything. so steady. He's got a great goal kick, but also just you know the relief in that left foot mm. um, that he provides the side. Uh, you know, when he's playing behind a big Mack truck of a pack, um, you know, it, it makes his job, you know, a little bit a little bit easier. And he he admitted that, um, you know, but uh, you know, and and it was it was sort of the battle of both packs, wasn't it? Because both these sides have probably been the best exponent in the competition of the Rolling Mall. Yep. Phil Bradford scores more tries than anyone, and uh, and Sydney Uni, we've seen what they can do as well. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was an interesting little battle, but uh, good to see Hunter make history up there at Newcastle number two. Apparently, they are on the back page of the Newcastle Herald. Um, you know, uh, the day after Origin as well. Oh, move um, over, Andrew Johns. Yeah, exactly right. The uh, the Knights are getting knocked off the back page regularly by the Hunter Wildfire now, apparently too. So they're starting to you know just get in and around the community a little bit, and there's a bit of belief. Up the road, apparently, as well. No, it's fantastic. The kicking game that Winchester has, uh, I'd suggest it's almost Matt Burton-esque, isn't it? It's uh, it's absolutely huge and it can get you out of a hell of a lot of trouble. So uh, if he if he keeps playing like that, I think they'll they'll keep ticking over. They'll uh, they'll jag a big win every so often and uh, and and win those games that they need to win. So uh, yeah, as mm. I said, finals bound. Hunter wildfires. It's funny the um, the curse of top spot seems to be striking, doesn't it? Uni now I've got the wobbles. Manly's had a loss. We might be up for a bit of a wobble too. So yeah, uh, you want to be anywhere in this comp, but maybe not first. But um, yeah, I just got to uh, I got to praise this Hunter wildfires pack. It's simply been fantastic. A couple of players really stood out again the weekend and have um, all year, as as you mentioned there, Phil Bradford, the hooker. Outstanding, Donnie Freeman, the seven. He's just absolutely tireless. He's in absolutely um, everything. Um, and Hullo Hollow, the the number eight. So they're just getting so much pay out of their pack. They got a great set piece. I noticed their scrum was getting penalties on Uni late in the game. And with Winchester kicking goals, a bit similar to the to the two Bluesy. Big pack, sound set piece, and steady halves. Uh, it's really going to be hard to see them not in the finals. So um, awesome stuff um, for Hunter. All yeah. right. We'll move on. Um, Rat Park. Ben Woolett's final game for the Ratties as he heads over to the UK. Obviously a big loss for the Rats, but they've celebrated uh, his final game for the clubs. Rats 19, Eastwood 17. Um, I have to say, Casho, Rats were pretty much in control for most of the match. Um, they really had the edge up front. Um, try and half time sort of uh, dubiously disallowed, but uh, Woods made a bit of a late comeback, but certainly was all ringer, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it, it, it smacked as uh, almost a, uh, a game of the round. And uh, in many yeah. respects, it, uh, you know, that's that's the way it uh, turned, turned uh, at, at, at to be. I think, uh, you know, ringer are ticking along sort of like uh, very, very nicely. Uh, you know, they're... Uh, I, I think Burjo, we uh, we spoke of them, or it might have been you, Swaddy. We're talking about the rats being, uh, you know, uh, travelling un, under the radar. But I think this has uh, probably blown their cover a wee bit. So mm. uh, uh, great to be able to send Ben Ward off to uh, the Jersey Island uh, with, uh, with 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 the victory. He's, uh, he's obviously going to take his surfboard over there because it's one of the uh, one of the great surfing spots in uh, in the northern hemisphere on the. 
on the coast of the, uh, the the Jersey Islands. He's playing for the Jersey Reds, so great to see that he's uh, he's he's able to get a start over there and playing a professional uh, uh, rugby uh, sort of setup. So uh, might get a job as a lifeguard, Kasha. <laughs> well, yeah, when he's uh, when he's not uh, when he's not in the gym, that's for sure. But uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Rats, uh, as you said, did very well. O'Connor continues to uh, do his stuff. Wes Thomas at, uh, at at number two is good. Hugh Margin started this week and did uh, did some good stuff there. As did uh, Max Maxi Girdler. So uh, uh, you know a lot of energy from their halves as well. So uh, probably a well deserved victory for them actually. Yeah, the Woodies are having a bit of a wobble. That's um, three on the bounce there, Swaney. Yeah, which is concerning for them, you know, because mm-hmm. they were travelling so so well, uh, you know, only a few weeks ago. Um, yep. And, you know, it's it's almost like both of these sides have traded fortunes a little bit. Like the Rats had a bit of a wobble time and then all of a sudden they're fourth. Like where did yep. that come from? It's uh, it's. It's they're the one team. You're absolutely right, Cash. I think we were speaking earlier in the week, and that we, we did say they were travelling under the radar, um, you know. And, and this was, you know, the, I mean, the Woodies had their chance to win this game too, mind you. They had that Lockie Albert try quite late, um, and you know they were they were getting on the attack. They were getting on the front foot and uh, knocked it on. I think it was so. Yeah, the. The two sides trade positions, fourth and fifth, mm. um, and yeah, I, I just uh, I'm, I'm looking ahead, sort of, I'm, I'm jumping the gun a little bit, Birdjo, but in three weeks' time or four weeks' time, when that derby rolls around, mm. it could be a top of the table clash. It's um, uh, yeah, it's, it hasn't gone sort of unnoticed. The Rats' resurgence uh, on the peninsula. If it's not top of the table, to be close, it's been pretty. It's been a number of years since that happened has happened, but they certainly did. A few years ago, and if that's uh, that's the case, it'll be pretty spicy. But one week at a time, as they say. <laughs> Don't get ahead of ourselves, boys. One of the things with uh, Eastwood is they uh, they roll into next week, and uh, they they come up against a uh, hunter to wildfires. So, yeah. so uh, doesn't get any easier. Uh, no easy games for the Woodies, that's for sure. Well, the no, Rats take me. on the two Blues, so oh, yeah. yeah, it's not easy anywhere. You look. There's no, there's no hiding. Uh, talk me through this uh, debutante for the Rats, uh, Cash. I saw right up for Rugby News. I think John John Getty's a bit of handiwork there. Uh, uh, young kid made his debut for, from the Rats and impressed. Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, he's 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 one of those guys who have uh, in and around the uh, the cult system, which is being run by Josh Holmes and. Uh, and, and and others down there at uh, the Rats and they're reviving things there. But uh, Wicketer Reese Hartu had been playing for the Narrowena Hawks Rugby League. Okay. And, uh, he's uh, He's been used a couple of times by uh, Mike Riven and uh, he, he was thrown right, right into the fire by uh, by the coaching staff uh, on the weekend with, with – uh, with 20 minutes to go and uh, a game still very much in the air and uh, he's managed to deliver. So loving his time in rugby and his first-grade Colts uh, uh, teammates from, uh, from, from from the week before uh, uh, carried him off the ground on, on, on their shoulders. So uh, great to see. It's uh, it's a good family atmosphere down there. Uh, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're greats travelling along nicely. The Colts are, uh, are well-managed and, uh, and, and well-coached and... Uh, yeah, good. Good to see him uh, make making a mark there, and uh, obviously enjoying himself. 
Narrowena Hawks, they're one of the great uh, sporting institutions on the beaches. Caden Neville, uh, hopefully making his uh, Wallabies debut as a former Hawk. So there you go. Plenty of plenty of good players uh, on the beaches come from the other code, and it's good to see them having a crack in rugby. Uh, we'll move across to the next match, and I have to say this team is uh, resurgent. The Highlanders, Gordon 57, West 27. Um, it was an absolute whitewash uh, from the Stags. They were up 40-8 to eight at halftime. I think West uh, will be bitterly disappointed uh, how poor they were in that first 40. Um, but Gordon, with a bit of quality all of a sudden, uh, are looking like a team that might take some top, uh, stopping, Swaney. Yeah, the, the guy that keeps popping up for me in, in the centres is Alessandra Pola. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we spoke about him last week and his exploits in the gym, but he's, he's delivering on the field as well. Uh, again, he was just so powerful getting through the line, um, you know, and then, you know, you've got Jimmy Luff who scores a double for you and uh, Joey Walton back, um, you know, back playing at the top level as well. Great to see him uh, celebrate with a try at the end. So it was a pretty complete performance from the from the Stags. Yeah, it certainly was. Uh, Mahi Vailano is just uh, a cut above at this level, and the longer the Stags have got him, which I assume they will have him for for the most of the rest of the season, um, be you know uh, you know be a great acquisition for them. Ben Pollack, I thought, had a really good game, and as you say, Joey Walton just adds a level of class uh, to the Stags, doesn't he, Kasha? Yeah, yeah, he, he certainly has. I think uh, I think Gordon, I've always sort of considered them to be a team that. Just needed a few more bits of the jigsaw puzzle to fall together. I think yep. over the past month or so, that's that's been happening. Joey Walton's obviously been uh, been 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 one of those pieces of that jigsaw puzzle. You mentioned uh, Alessandra Pola. He's he's been uh, being played played well. Harry Emery at number nine has been doing some good stuff. Their skipper James Luff has uh, been doing some good stuff over the ball, and it's just sort of working. You know, they they haven't been that far away at any stage of any game during this year, so it's uh, it's good to see that they're uh, that they're on a bit of a run now. Yeah, they certainly are, and uh, be interested to see how they progress. I guess from West's point of view, uh, Joe Barrick had to be bitterly disappointing, uh, disappointed how how they got on, especially in that first forty there, Swaney. Yeah, it was a. I mean, it was a demolition, wasn't it? Early, early yeah. doors. Um, sure was. You can't be starting games like that, and you know, I, like I do feel for the Pirates because you you talk about all these teams in this competition that are resurgent or coming to the the fore and realizing their potential, and yeah. the Pirates just aren't one of those teams at the moment, are they? No, no, they uh, they're rooted to the bottom of the table and. Uh, just not showing much improvement um, at the moment. So, yeah, but, but I mean, it's you know, it's not through lack of trying, and they've got some no. quality guys out there on the park. You know, with I mean, Debrasini back playing. You know, they've got a loafer, a loafer out on the field um, for them. You know, Cam Beatham, you know, Nathena, who was remember last year we were talking about. Yep, Kaliova Nathena is like one of the Ken Catchbowl, um, you know, uh, candidates. So. You know, there's, there's class out there. It's just they've got to get the best out of these guys and it's not happening at the moment. No, it's not. Um, but, uh, look, next week's a new week and hopefully they can uh, get a good week of training and, and, and give it their best. 
Um, all right, we'll move on to the next match, uh, derby match uh, at Woolara Oval. Very healthy crowd, I thought, was in for this one. Uh, but the visitors, um, the Wicks, have had a huge win. Rambic 33, East 31. is a real seesaw of a game. Good to see Charlie Gamble back uh, for the Beasties. Um, I have to say, uh, Milne continues to impress me uh, for Rambic, and, and Houston had a huge game. Um, but... Uh, the Wicks will be delighted uh, to have got the spoils in that one, Casho. Yes, yeah, certainly. You mentioned Charlie Gamble there. Unfortunately, copped a, a bit of a yellow card at a critical yeah, time. Penalty but, try uh, as well. Yeah. Swung uh, the game very much in uh, in Ramick's favour, and they they jumped from that. Uh, uh, they took a twenty-one seventeen lead, and then and then bounced out again with another try to uh, Ben Houston, and then uh, the leading try scorer in the shoot shield. Christian Yasmin, who played for Lebanon during the week against Malta and won yeah, uh, in the uh, in the rugby league. So uh, yeah, he's uh, he's he's had a good sort of a couple of days there, and then they sort of hung on. East obviously uh, hit back. Uh, Charles Easton uh, uh, did some good stuff towards the end there, and uh, it, it, they just sort of came up uh, a bit too short. Very, very healthy crowd there. I, I've heard reports in and around the 5,000 mark, which is for club footies uh, pretty good. And there there was uh, a pretty good aftermatch function with uh, one former Wallaby, Tim Gavin, on the base with a band later on during oh, the oh, there you very go. good. Very good. Uh, well, what about the last Ramick try, the bounce the ball for young oh. replacement Max Patterson? Mate, he wouldn't want to just – there's nothing worse coming on. And I've come into a first-grade game where the intensity is very high and uh, you're a deer in the headlights. <laughs> the poor bloke just could not get near the ball. It Mate. Must it, bounced, it must have bounced around eight times around him. And uh, Christian Yasmin's pounced on it and offloaded, I think, to the halfback. And uh, good to see a little fisticuffs on the sideline. There was a couple of Ramick fans really getting into the East supporters and one of them looked like Ben Donaldson in a Ramick cap. So I love the passion. <laughs> <laughs> it was 100% him, wasn't it? Yeah, it was <laughs> you could see it. He had a big smile on his face down that uh, that northern end. Yeah. Um, that sort of the golf course end there. But, uh, yeah. yeah that, was, that, is a, that is a putrid end of absolute lower-grade carnage down there at East. They, uh, <laughs> they are repulsive, those lower-graders. I've, I have no other way to describe it. But, um, yeah, it's – I yeah, if you, if you got the kids, stand at the other end of the ground. It was very funny to watch. And, uh, you know, I did feel for that poor kid with that ball bounce. It was like warnings come from the clouds, wasn't it? And oh, mate. It completely was a bamboozled. Robin, Robin and a flipper. And then Yasmin uh, pounces on it, scores another try after his oh. double for Lebanon against Malta earlier in the yeah. week. Yeah. Um, yeah. The guy, the guy knows how to find a try line. Oh, does he what? Does he what? Oh, so well, it was it good was... for East, though. It was um, Amu Tuimaliliafano. He, yep. he, he was on fire for them. Had a great year last year too. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, a guy who um, is, is new to the Eastern Suburbs Club, um, you know, and, and shining down there, good to see. Yeah, no, it was um, a great derby, but um, big win for Ramit, that Casho. And uh, East just straw. I mean, they're still well and truly in the hunt, but uh, they're going to have to start winning some of these games, aren't they? Oh yeah, very much so. They've got to they've, they've got to start putting back to back. So yep. one of the other things I hadn't mentioned was Jack Grant played his hundredth game for East. So uh, plenty of reason for uh, for celebration there, despite the loss. So 
Well done to Jack. Love to see the uh, long service, particularly for our guys that are uh, in the representative scene. Uh, final game of the round was out at uh, Foreshore. Um, the two Blues, uh, they just get it done. Uh, two Blues, 35, Southern Districts, 24. Um, good game. Uh, South certainly came to play in the first half, but uh, again, we talk about him every week, but Tom Curtis is just steering this big side around really well, isn't he, Casho? Oh, yeah. Listen, he's a, he's, he's, he's a classy unit. I think uh, I think Eddie Jones' England side could do worse than, uh, you know, if they get... Uh, if, if uh, through their uh, number tens get uh, get run over uh, over in Perth there uh, on on the weekend, listen, he's uh, he's capable of playing uh, that sort of standard of footy, and uh, mm. he's obviously enjoying a bit of back to back games here and uh, a bit of consistency with uh, the people around him. So good to see that that's uh, that's happening. But uh, he can't do his stuff unless the, uh, the the Fords do their stuff. But uh, yeah, listen, good. Uh, Good support in the in the back line there from uh, his centre partner Carter Fager. Uh, he uh, he scored a couple of tries, I believe, and then uh, Toddy Murphy uh, did some good stuff as well. So uh, yeah, it was a, a, another good win. I think they're uh, they're headed for the finals as well. Guys, I, I might have a little bit of breaking news on that though. I think I've heard possibly Tom Curtis might have headed back to the UK now. Oh so, God. Yeah. So that that could that could throw a bit of a spanner in the works. A bit, yeah. That's well, a, oh, he's been a Ferrari, a, hasn't he? For him, he's, oh, that's a disaster. He's been, you know, it was a really a Tom Curtis masterclass on the weekend, and yeah, he's put uh, a few of those on lately. Yeah, so um, interesting if that is true. I'd have to get it confirmed. But so is he signed back at home? Is he? Or? Well, I think I think he actually came over. He was one of those five guys that had come over from Sale. Is that right? Right. Yeah, that, uh, that 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 is correct, and the idea was for him uh, being in the wider squad, to, with particularly the the COVID interruptions out there. A lot yeah. of those guys who are you know player twenty four through to thirty nine have got little or no footy, and the idea was to get a bit of uh, a bit of consistency of football, and uh, mm. you know with the connection with uh, Solosi here uh, through. Through uh, the coaching staff at Sale, they uh, they organised them to uh, sort of come up and uh, and come out and uh, and get a f- bit, bit bit of footy behind them. They're, uh, they've only just set themselves up. All those Sale guys in a nice flat in Bondi were enjoying the, uh, uh, the, the 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 surf and the sand there. So uh, mm. it, uh, it it must be something fairly serious for him to uh, head back to uh, head back to the UK. Yeah, I also I think the prop as well, Harper, I think it might be, is the other one um, that might be heading back. They might have just gotten the call back to, to go and start pre-season or something with Sale. But, uh, yeah, I w- would like to get that confirmed. Um, but that's the rumour that I've heard. Very interesting, Swaney. Yeah. I, uh, I think he's muted. Oh, sorry, I muted myself. I was listening there. I thought you were listening to me the whole time. I was just nodding and agreeing. Swainy scoops, I was saying. Oh, right. There you go. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, look, that's uh, that's a bit of a blow for the two blues, if that's the case. But uh, we'll wait for official confirmation. Um, that's the round that was. Uh, if I have a look at the ladder, um, Manly's still out in front. Norse are the absolute kings of the bonus point. They've got 14 bonus points. 
The nearest is right. East with 12, but they've lost most of their matches, so you can yeah. understand that. Um, Sydney Uni in third, 41 points, about four, sort of four or two. So Manly and out in front. Uh, Uni and Ringer can't be separated too much, 41, 40 points. Eastwood, Ramwick, 37. So the gap from Eastwood to Ramwick's four points, and then Hunter, um, 32, and the two Blues rounding out the eight and 31. We talk about this, but this race for the top eight, particularly these teams, um, you'd have to say from from six down to sort of ten, uh, it's going to be fascinating because you've got two established clubs in East and Gordon up against teams like Hunter and the two Blues, and I just don't see at the moment the, the two Blues or the Wildfires are giving an inch, and maybe the teams above them, uh, Eastwood and uh, potentially Ramit, will have to be very wary about what's coming behind. Yeah, Burjo, I think uh, I think the only teams you could probably strike out of your contenders for the top eight would be, uh, unfortunately, uh, South, who are on 18 points, three wins and nine losses, and West Harbour. Yeah, it's the bottom two. and ten on 13. So, uh, yep. you know, um, unfortunately, they're, uh, they're, they're playing for next season. But uh, every, one, uh, every one of those other clubs, very much in the mix. How good's the top eight? Okay, I've come round. <laughs> How good's the top eight? I've come round. So I've good. Come, I've come full circle. I'm right. I'm wrong. I mean, I think. Look, from a competitive standpoint, I feel like I'm still right. But given the nature of this competition and the fact that anyone could win it, and no team has really pushed out in front, um, bring it on. Yeah. Let's see. So, so Berger, with the with the top eight. Yes, you've got the you've got the top four who have top a qualifying four. round. Yes, correct. Judging on this table that I've got in front of me here, Manly would play Warringah in the first qualifying final. Jesus, Norse would play Sydney University. From there, five would play eight, which would be uh, uh, East would take on the, the two blues. blues. Yeah, then Ramwick would play the Hunter Wildfires. So yeah. what yeah. a fascinating weekend of finals footy, week one. Well, we're into July almost now. We are this weekend, so it's it's starting to get the back stage of the comp. Looking at the runs in, Manly's got a pretty good one for the next couple of weeks, but they finish um, with uh, Uni at home, Gordon away, and Ringer at home. Oh, sorry, Ringer at home, Gordon away, and then Uni at home. So that's no easy finish to the year. And looking at Norse run, it's a bit more favourable, you know, whether those two teams or Uni or even Rinker could finish minor premiers. I mean, Manly won seven minor premierships last decade. No one get, no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, how those teams will fall, who knows? I mean, first place could conceivably end up in the bottom four. But I do think with the top eight, it's just reward that the top four play off. And if you win your first week, you go straight through to a GF qualifier, I guess, Casho. So that's... That's a fair reward, I guess. Yeah, it's it's the AFL a week off, which, uh, yep. which I think is the, probably the best way to uh, run a final series. So, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fascinating uh, three weeks or so, isn't it? It is going to be very fascinating. Just looking ahead to this weekend, uh, round thirteen, Sydney Uni taking on Eastern Suburbs at University Oval. Eastwood have the Hunter Wildfires. That's going to be an absolute cracker. At Milner, both Uni and East were desperate in those games, coming off a 
two and three losses respectively. Uh, Rambic and Gordon at Coogee, another major game. Uh, the Stags are busting down the door of the top eight and Rambic uh, certainly want to keep pace. Uh, West Harbour, uh, been pretty helpless of late, taking on Northern Suburbs who uh, seem to be purring along very well. Uh, Manly at home to South. Um, so Manly obviously looked to bounce back after disappointment last weekend. And at the Eric, another fascinating match, two Blues and the Raddies. So more bumper games this weekend, Swaney. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got the two top teams taking on the two bottom teams and then those yep. all those little battles in the middle. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's too hard to tip. Like, I, I'm... It is too um, hard. I will say this, I'm equal leader or just a point behind leading the QPR, Queensland Premier Rugby, tipping competition up here, um, which I take great pride in. But you only have to tip four games a weekend and they're mm. generally fairly fairly easy to pick. The, the shoot shield is just impossible. Like It's just yeah. too hard. I'd, I hate to my, be, I'd hate to be in a tipping comp in the shoot shield. It'd be too hard. Yeah, I set my tips through to my mates last weekend and I predicted uh, Hunter to beat uni. Um, the only problem was I got every other fixture wrong. So <laughs> it just shows you how tough it is. Um, but, yeah, anyway, um, we'll roll on. Mate, Swaney, you enjoy uh, some test footy this week and you're heading over to uh, to Perth. I believe it's the home of rugby and um, probably favourite to command the Rugby World Cup final, I'm hearing. Yeah, well, it's, it's a chance. I reckon if they should put on a good show – this weekend, the the rest of the world might start, um, you know, the the ears might prick up a little bit, but it should be pretty good. You know, WA, we, we do know how much they love their rugby over there and there's a big expat community of POMs over there as well. So mm-hmm. uh, I am looking forward to touching down and paying $16 for a schooner. Um, you know, that's always fun too. So it'll be, it'll be interesting times. Uh, Casho, give us your tip, mate. Wallabies England this weekend. I, 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 I'm feeling that there'll be a a three point win to the Wallabies. I think uh, I think they'll okay. uh, they'll kick off this uh, this campaign with, uh, with with a bit of style, uh, mainly on the fact that um, from from what you were saying, Swaining, there uh, there seems to be a bit of lethargy in the uh, in in the England camp. So. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I think the uh, the Wallabies will be uh, will be pretty sharp on the weekend. They'll uh, they'll play the game on top of the ground, which is uh, where we where we do it best. What about you, Swaney? Where's your uh, Where's your head out on this one? Yeah, I reckon I reckon the Wallabies win. Um, I, I'm going to go by ten. I'm going to say it's going to be a good, comfortable vi- victory to to Dave and his men. Oh, I was going to say Wallabies by 10 too. I'm with you, Swaney. That's a trifecta. Um, go, you Wallabies. Enjoy your shoot shield. And thank you, boys, for uh, tuning in tonight. Go, the Wallabies. Pleasure.